Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners, podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, but I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's probably something much deeper that you're not likely even aware of yet. It's like a client that comes to you saying that they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGuru's Agency Freedom Session, where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your agency freedom session today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today I'm hanging out with Mike Parker. Mike is the developer of the groundbreaking modality, Liminal Coaching, which uses special guided relaxation and other tools and techniques to help problem thoughts, emotions, and desires painlessly dissolve. Mike and his program, uh, he's helped uh, well over 400 people be able to uh, adopt a better mindset through these methodologies. Mike, welcome to the program. Thanks, Brent. Can you explain to our listeners real quick what liminal coaching is? Yeah, liminal is from is from the Latin word limen, meaning a threshold. And basically it's coaching which works by using the threshold state between being fully awake and half asleep to work directly with the unconscious and particularly to release uh, unprocessed subconscious material, which may be getting in the way of people doing what they want to do or otherwise interfering with their lives. That's the kind of very quick version. We do a lot more than that, but I won't go on for too long. Yeah. I want to give our listeners some context because it was, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, you you produced a uh, a recording that we actually gave to some of our uh, members at our annual event, and mm-hmm. I actually, um, you know, you 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 produced that as a kind of a bonus for our folks, and uh, yeah. it, it was sent over to me, and I was like, all right, I'll see what this is all about. Like, I'm not going to tell my people to go use something if I haven't like done it myself because that's kind of weird. Uh, and I actually, you know, I did kind of the, the there was a little bit of like a worksheet, and then there was this uh, kind of, I guess, guided meditation for better or for worse. I mean, you kind of take me, you took me down this, uh, this stairwell and it ended this room and it was, uh, I have to say it was pretty profound and I'm not like, I'm not a huge person into like meditating. I mean, I have done meditation in the past. Um, but this was like, this was something fundamentally different than what I would consider to be a standard meditation. And I think for entrepreneurs where there's a lot of vision building and how do I turn Mm. my vision into reality? Like the meditation Mm. that you took me on was, uh, I mean, it, it had a pretty profound impact on what I was doing at that time in my life. So, so it's a deep area, but let me just say that 
guided relaxation is actually very different to what most people understand uh, meditation to be. So that's why I call it guided relaxation. And it's also why I use the word liminal coaching um, to talk about liminal space rather than to talk about trance or talk about meditation because it's, it's neither of those things exactly, although it's something a bit similar. So very briefly, with guided relaxation, what happens is that you don't, you're not expected to concentrate. You don't even have to follow what's being said and it'll still work. The whole point is that it actually works at the subconscious level in a state halfway between sleep and dreaming. So you may actually feel like you've had a nice nap or something like that, but actually it will still have its full effect. So I can give you uh, another example, which is a friend of mine who's a doctor of psychology at University of West of England mentioned to me research which shows that listening to this kind of guided relaxation uh, while you're going to sleep can increase the effectiveness of your own REM sleep by up to four times over, right? So REM sleep is when you drain out all the stress that you've accumulated during the day. It's when you do your dreaming and stuff like that. And so you can actually use this as like a daily dose or periodic dose while somebody is, is, is in that kind of wind down period? Yeah, totally. So they, there's no expectation that you actually have to you actually have to concentrate or sit there and watch your thoughts or anything like that. It's actually perfectly fine if you drift off to sleep while you're listening to it. In fact, it's perfect. Sounds too easy, right? But it <laughs> well, I think in, in this, and, and I, I want to get into your 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 story uh, here in a little bit, but I think that right now. And depending on when this airs, I mean, who knows? The world could look very different. Um, but right now, this idea of giving people tools to, I mean, just relax, you know? I mean, a, a, a guided relaxation. I mean, I think a lot of people are trying to figure out, like, how do I actually relax? Like, maybe they're having, you know, unprecedented business challenges. Maybe they've had to deal with loss or yeah. illness or, I mean, some real heavy-duty stuff. Or maybe they're just being bombarded uh, by the media at, at levels where their anxiety is kind of shooting through the roof. I mean, what are some of the things that you're kind of having to work with people on on a more tactical level during this uh, this time? This kind of situation at the moment, what it will do is it will exacerbate any unprocessed subconscious material, right? So it'll bring it right to the surface. If you're already suffering from an overload of stress, uh, this will make you three times more reactive because of the stuff which is going on around you. So actually, the same techniques that we use for working with people ordinarily apply just as well here. But I would say that we have actually just constructed a special four-pack of guided relaxations and coaching sessions for people who have found themselves completely disoriented and needing to pivot and reassess where they're going and what they're doing. So the very first thing that you need to do is to actually calm down the amygdala, to actually calm down, switch off the stress response so that you can actually start thinking again about what you want to do. Because one of the main things that happens when you get anxiety attack or you get a lot of stress is that your cortisol levels shoot up and that has the effect of actually shutting down the higher brain, which is the bit which does all the innovative thinking. So we always start, every liminal coaching package starts with actually releasing as much of that uh, accumulated anxiety and stress as possible so that we can bring the higher brain online more often. So that, that first step is 
calming uh, down the amygdala, uh, mm. and then and and so 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 basically kind of de-stressing somebody before you can get to the more interesting things. You mentioned I think yeah. there was a couple of different stages here. What are, what are the other stages? Yeah. So once we've done that, then the next stage in this particular this particular sequence that we're looking at is actually deliberately and consciously emptying out um, assumptions, beliefs, and the sense that things are a particular kind of way. So I call it, this is called the empty cup. It's actually just about emptying out everything that you think might be real and leaving a clear space so that something new can actually develop in that space. The third one is about filling that space and... This is a bit more subtle because uh, how to describe this quickly. Let's say this. There's a lot of evidence which shows that when you're in this liminal state, when you're in a mind-wandering state, when you're daydreaming, for example, your brain switches into a different mode where it can be using up to 20 times as much energy as when you're doing something like mental arithmetic. Okay? I know it sounds incredible, but it was research done by Rachel and Shulman at the University of Washington in St. Louis in 2012. And um, it's now called the default mode network. And we're pretty sure that what's happening when that mode switches on is that a subconscious complexity analysis processor gets to work subconscious level, a huge amount of calculation. It feels to you like you're just daydreaming, but in actual point of fact, this, this new brain network state has switched in and it's solving for massively complex problems. So the third part of this particular package is designed to help the results of that processing to become more conscious, to allow that to actually kind of coalesce and, and drift into, into conscious recognition. You know what it's like when you actually go to sleep, you're thinking about a problem, and it's quite a complicated thing. You think about it while you're going to sleep, and you wake up the next morning, and you suddenly go, ah, got it. I know. And there's a whole pattern right there. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. So the third one is, is designed to encourage that process, to help that process occur. Actually, as a matter of fact, Mendeleev, who developed the periodic table, which is probably one of the biggest paradigm shifts in science, records that he saw it three times in a waking dream and then uh, got up and wrote it down and only later had to make a couple of changes to it. So that's a good example of that complexity processor at work. He was working on this problem. He knew what kind of direction he was going in, but it was actually this subconscious complexity processing that figured out what the new pattern, the new paradigm looked like and enabled him to make this enormous breakthrough. So, so before, you no, go on the, before you go on to the fourth, I just want to make it clear. I think you just told us that when we are daydreaming, we are actually, our brains are working harder than maybe when we are head down, you know, you said solving arithmetic problems, or maybe that means even yeah. just solving the problem that's right in front of us. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. There's a really interesting Scientific American article on it by uh, Rachel, Dr. Rachel who was one of the scientists, what they were actually doing was, this is quite interesting, what they were doing was they were testing how much energy the brain used uh, doing different activities. So they had people in fMRI machines and they were getting them to do like mental arithmetic, remembering bits of text and reciting it and stuff like that. And in between them doing the tests while they were, you know, going and writing up results or whatever, the people in the fMRI machines didn't have anything to do. So they were just lying there with nothing to do. 
and several of them just started daydreaming. And one of the scientists looked around and went, what the heck? Uh, or they may have used a different word. And they noticed that in some cases, the amount of energy the brain was using was shooting up to anything up to 20 times as much as when they were doing mental arithmetic. So that led to a whole cascade of new research uh, into what had previously been called the idle state of the brain. So yeah, they had to find a new name for that. <laughs> Literally, they were <laughs> like, oh yeah, this this other downtime, which was like the exact opposite. So that's fascinating. What, yeah, yeah. What's kind of, so then what's this? Uh, so we've got the the calming down, we've got the emptying the cup, we've got the filling the space. Now what's the fourth? The fourth is actually something that I have developed around intuition, which looks at looks at the different range of places that we actually get intuitive input from. So there's kind of like gut intuitive sense of this feels okay, this doesn't feel okay. There's a sense of where other people are coming from, which is a, a fantastic combination of cognitive and emotional empathy, which is calculated in real time by this area of the brain called the orbitofrontal cortex that gives you a sudden sense of where other people are coming from. You just know what they're feeling and thinking. And there's also this um, pattern creation and pattern recognition, ultra-fast pattern recognition capacity of the brain as well, which is responsible for a lot of split-second decision-making. So what the fourth one does is it is designed to bring together all of these sources of intuitive perception and combine them so that you can have a kind of overall sense and feel of where you should be going. So first of all, we empty out the empty out the stress. Secondly, we create the space for the new to appear. Thirdly, we try to access this uh, complexity processing state to see what it's going to come up with as an answer for what the solution might be. And finally, all of that gets tied together in what I would describe as fully embodied consciousness to give you a sense of where you need to be going. Now, I, I describe this as being the sense of knowing where you're going, even though you may not know exactly where that is. That's pretty profound. How did you, like at a personal level, I mean, how did this work end up coming to you? Why, why did you go down this path in your life? Okay, well, uh, I nearly got into an awful lot of trouble when I was at school when I was 14 for hypnotizing my classmates during a lunch hour. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, I found a book in the school library, right? So I thought, hey, this is fantastic. We've got to try this because I was already really interested in all this stuff. And so I tried it out and I was getting people to anesthetize their hands and sticking compass needles in them and stuff like that. And uh, the matron found out about it and had an absolute fit. She thought it was occultism, right? The book was actually called Hypnotism for Medical and Dental Practitioners. Okay, 1965, I think I still have it. Uh, so anyway, this was kind of like the beginning of a real long, lifelong interest in consciousness and the mind and um, in these different states that could be achieved through trance and meditation and so on. Uh, so I really have spent all that time looking into this one way or another, as well as having a parallel career putting in mission-critical payment systems around the world and 
doing an MBA. So that was kind of like when I was 14. I also applied to the Institute of General Semantics because I wanted to do systems thinking, but they, they, they never wrote back. Never mind. They, you can't win them all. <laughs> so that kind of, I kind of went on and on and on. And these two things were very separate, quite painfully separate in some ways. And then about seven years ago, after getting stiffed on a, a really large invoice by a, a major consulting company, who'd lost business that they were doing with an oil major, I found myself pretty near bankruptcy and things were looking very, very grim indeed. But as a result of a gift from a lovely elderly aunt, which it wasn't that much, but it was just enough to keep me going and it enabled me to develop what was to become liminal coaching a couple of years later. So at that point, 35 years of consulting an MBA and a lifelong exploration of consciousness and different meditative and trance-based practices came together in the creation of liminal coaching. And it would be remiss of me if I were not to mention my um, great friend and tremendously generous helper in getting liminal coaching off the ground, Dave Gray, who's the founder of uh, the consulting company Explain, um, who's very much into visual thinking, and also wrote a great book called Liminal Thinking, which is kind of something of a companion to liminal coaching. Hey, what's up, agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that helps me launch sites fast, so I can focus on getting my clients' results and building a successful and profitable agency. If you're looking for a new CMS, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr, a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more info at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme setup valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. So what kind of things would I be thinking about like using this method or I know you have different ways that you actually help people implement this. Um, but I mean, what are some of the things that... that you know, is this just purely like a, I'm stressed out and I want to reduce my anxiety. I have a goal that I want to achieve and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get there. I mean, what are the types of things that people come to you wanting this, uh, you know, wanting this work for them for? Well, it can, it quite often starts off as being, um, I want to be less stressed and I want to be more accurate, more efficient with my work. But while we're here, I, it would also be really nice if this feeling of gut-clutching fear I get every time the phone rings would actually stop and go away or something similar, like I hear someone shout my name and, and it immediately freaks me out and I suddenly get very reactive. And then we might start looking at um, whether there is a particular repeat pattern of traumatic experience which we can defuse uh, using a special kind of session that we use called Rewind, which is based on an NLP technique, actually. Uh, but it's quite commonly used for, for processing trauma and stuff now. No, I wouldn't for a moment suggest that this is, liminal coaching is a replacement for getting good uh, somatic therapy help with, uh, with bad trauma. But if you have something which is that really just niggles you all the time when it keeps happening, then, then we can help with that. Um, and I guess it's also that people who feel stuck, uh, people who, uh, procrastination is one of the favorites, right? Procrastination is a big one. 
and how uh, I'm, I'm just imagining all of our audience is going procrastination, huh? Go, go, go on, Mike. How would you? Uh, <laughs> how do you rid the world <laughs> of procrastination? I mean, because I know entrepreneurs. I, I mean, I think that we are all known for action in general. That if you have a business, you've taken some action uh, to to do this. If you're getting hired by your clients to to build stuff and to deliver things, then you're obviously somebody who's taken a lot of action. But I think that, that there's like for every action, there's almost like this uh, moment of unaction. There's this threat of procrastination around every corner. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years. I, th- I think I've been pretty successful at what I've been doing. But at the same time, I mean, I can tell you that, you know, there are times where I am very, I'm in very procrastination kind of modes. So, I mean, how do you, is that just something that I should live with or, uh, I no, mean, how do you overcome that? It's definitely not something you should live with. Um, I mean, to you know, it depends on the person, okay, because quite often the reasons can be different from person to person. But I, for, here's one thing, here's one thing which is a pretty good tip, and I've, I've found a lot of people do this, which is that a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business people, a lot of people generally will just have do lists, okay? They will have a do list which contains everything that they need to do for the next three months or sometimes almost until the end of their lives, right? Um, And it's one long list that they've got in front of them. And what happens when you do that is that your subconscious, your your primitive brain, your limbic system, right, looks at that list, that one single great long list, and it says, oh, boy, we've got to do all this now. We can't possibly do all this now. Tell you what, look, there's a really interesting YouTube video over there. Why don't we have a look at that instead? Because this is just impossibly overwhelming, right? So one of the things I always ask clients to do is if you have this huge long do list, get rid of it. Put only five things on your one day do list that you can achieve in the day and put everything else that you need to do on a calendar or something which has got dates on. Because if you have a, if you have the things you need to do, distributed across boxes with dates in, your subconscious will recognize that it's actually spread out over time and it won't start freaking out because it's assuming that you've got to do everything today. So that's one thing. That's one little tip which can be really helpful. But quite often procrastination comes from things like um, fear of failure and fear of not being good enough and stuff like that. And those are definitely things that we can help with by just using particular guided relaxations in a specific way which helps to release the original sense of I'm no good or what went wrong and quite often that stuff will go back to like when you're a kid I, I didn't ask you this uh, before the show I know you're gonna we, we, I know you have some some good free stuff that you're putting out there to help people dealing with this this stuff in uh, in interesting times do you have like and I don't know how many you know podcasts or stages you've been on, but do you ever do kind of like live like examples of uh, of taking people kind of through an exercise like this? Yeah, actually, what I what I have been doing and um, is just putting up on Facebook on my Facebook page uh, that I'm doing a, a free session. What the date is, what the time is, on the Limel Coaching Facebook page, and and whoever wants to come along can come along. So I did actually do a sequence of I did the four the four that we were talking about before for actually um, making transition doing a pivot and stuff like that. I call it the pivot package, the reorientation package. What do you do? The what do you do now package. So I may do that again in the near future, or I may just do 
a couple of the really relaxing ones and that actually give you, at the end of them, a sense that uh, maybe the world isn't ending after all and there is hope and we can still do things and it's still worth it. And maybe I should have been more more direct. Is there is there? Do you have? I mean, how long is a typical guided relaxation? I was kind of curious if you had like a little segment you could like sample us or kind of ex- give us an oh, example of what this. <laughs> I, I was putting you on the hot seat there. Mike. <laughs> the whole thing is actually the whole thing is actually about uh, is actually about twenty five minutes long. The whole one. Um, Got it. So that you have to you have to set set aside a little bit of time to 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 do this. You really do. The one that you've been using, though, is about 10 minutes, I think. That's called the screening room. And that's that's a pretty simple one. That's just a, a fundamental guided relaxation that takes you to a place where you uh, simply have a facility to program your subconscious with the images that you want to see, have, to see happening in the future. There's another version of that that you can do just before you go to sleep as well, um, which is simply to... Uh, so two good tricks here. One is to write down what your what what it would be like to be in the place you really want to be. Now, most people will start off by writing down five or six things that would stop happening, right? I wouldn't wake up feeling petrified. I wouldn't wake up checking my bank account. I wouldn't wake up thinking the world's going to end, right? So you write down all the things that would stop happening and then you go back and you ask the question again. And you go down that list of things that would stop happening and you write in, okay, if that isn't happening, then what would be happening instead? And that gives you a description of what actually would be happening, okay? You then use that description to build a scenario of where you want to be starting tomorrow, just before you go to sleep, and you just imagine yourself posting it into your unconscious. You can see it as being like a letterbox if you want, but just shove it through the letterbox. It's actually a pretty good way of of programming an area of the brain called the anterior cingulate, which acts like a kind of super secretary. And, and when you visualize where it's something you want to have happen and where you're going to be, what time it is and stuff like that, then it will rush off and it will bring together every resource it can find around your brain to help that happen. And it'll have it all stacked up in a row ready for you to go, right? So if you are actually creating positive images of what you really actually do want to have happen, and you're not creating images of all the things you don't want to have happen, then you'll get a good result. Conversely, if, if as happens for a lot of us sometimes, if we're stressed especially, if we go to sleep thinking about how dreadful the next day is going to be and actually visualising all the terrible things which could go wrong, then it programs the anterior cingulate to look at that and try and make that happen as well. Makes sense? So there's, I mean, you're going into kind of the brain science behind not going to bed in kind of a negative mindset yeah. about what's going on. I mean, I think that right now for people thinking about, uh, I mean, I just, I know like my parents have had, always had a habit of watching the news before they go to bed, which right now, oh. you know, which I don't know if that's the right, you know, I don't know if they're, you know, or, or in the evening, right. Or whatever. Right. I mean, kind of that, that, that thing of, 
of being in that space right now more than ever. It's like, I can just imagine how if you're, and I've probably even fallen uh, in, in, in at some point over the last month of like, you know, I mean, it's hard to not sometimes just mind, like, you know, turn, I mean, I try not to check the news on a regular basis right now, but in, 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 I've had stretches of three or four days where I literally am like totally off it. But then, you know, you kind of check it and you're like, oh my gosh, it's like watching this car accident. It's really hard to look away. But then yeah. how does that affect? I mean, what I'm hearing from you is, you go to bed with that stuff kind of in your mind and then you're you instead of your mind processing like what you're going to do to make, you know, to improve the things you can control, you're almost saying that like it's gonna it's almost gonna like more seize up in the future. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. So I always advise my clients, especially if they if they are obviously exhibiting lots of stress, uh, not to watch any violent TV or mainstream media news for at least an hour before going to bed and preferably read something or listen to some music before going to bed. And then, of course, go to sleep listening to one of the guided relaxations because, you know, most people tell me that that uh, they never get past about two or three minutes. <laughs> I think that's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> So they, they, um, they, yeah. Okay. So like, cause they're two to three minutes and then it's like zonk. And actually I, even that the screening room, which is, uh, and it's funny, even just, it, it's been, it's been a while since I I've done it. And just even hearing, knowing that we were going to have this conversation today, I was like, man, I'm really looking forward to kind of like dusting that off and, and, and coming back to that. But even like just talking about it and it's been probably a year or more since I, I did it last uh, I can actually like my brain is immediately picturing the space that you kind of created in my head. Like it's really powerful when you let your, you know, when you let your mind kind of go down and kind of create these, like, you know, these, these spaces in your head, like it's, it's definitely something it's incredibly that's, powerful. In fact, yeah. what I'm going to say, what I'm going to say now, I think is, is maybe controversial, but I think it is almost impossible to overestimate the power of the imagination, okay? So let me give you an example. There's now proven research which shows that uh, people who were descendants of whose relatives died in the Holocaust who have been unable to stop thinking about what must have happened to their relatives Actually, end up have actually ended up needing treatment for genuine PTSD, right? So your imagination is capable of creating an experience which is so real and so intense that it will actually add stress to your what I call your stress reservoir. If you are involved in a lot of negative rumination about the past or negatively predicting the future. Uh, conversely, if you are actually focusing on building scenarios of where you want to be and of things which are going to be helpful to you and so on, it has the opposite effect. Let me give you an ex another example. Say so you, you're going to go and have a meeting and, and normally they work out okay. Meetings are usually pretty fine, but you start thinking about everything that could go wrong, right? And you go through the scenario of different disasters that could happen in the meeting 50 times before you go to the meeting. You go to the meeting and it's absolutely fine. The only problem is that you've actually been to 51 meetings and 50 of them have been a disaster. And all of that stress and all of those negative experiences have actually been added to your stress reservoir. 
I think you've just described an experience at some level that I've had. I mean, I've been, you know, running a business for over 20 years, different businesses, and whether it's meeting with clients or whether it's meeting with team members or partners or uh, people in my market, I mean, I think people kind of, it's hard not to, like you kind of run this, uh, like uh, this kind of mental reel around what's going to happen, right? What, what are they going to say? Then what, what are I going to say? What are they going to say? You know, it's kind of like this, this like mock meeting. Uh, yeah, and yeah. you know, I, I, I'd have a very obsessive personality and I can tend to like obsess on something, you know, on how something might go. It's all, it's all a question of balance, right? Because there's a certain level of stress, for example, which is actually, they call it you stress, which is actually pretty good for you. It's that level of stress and anticipation that makes you just gives you that bit of an edge when you're like going on to perform or something like that, right? Uh, so that's very different to that's very different to what I'm talking about and what you are probably describing, I think, which is more kind of obsessive and it's more kind of like going round and round everything that could go wrong. Uh, whereas actually thinking about thinking about what might go wrong when you're planning to do something is obviously a pretty sensible a pretty sensible part of planning for it in some ways. But obsessing about it, yeah. But but then taking that down like the rabbit hole of right. it's like on a record, it's on a repeat, and it's just right. kind of going right. around and around and around and around. I mean, right. that's yeah, you know, absolutely. So one of the things that we do with a typical liminal coaching program is not just a question of um, aiming to like, fix what's happening at that particular point in time only, but it's also to equip uh, the people who come for liminal coaching packages with the means of actually being able to cope with this stuff in the future so you know they will always have the guided relaxations that they can use but we also actually talk about and help to develop a place where the stress reservoir is maintained pretty well empty and so the corresponding the reciprocal resilience reservoir is really full it's high up it's high and you've got plenty of gas in the tank for dealing with things which do go wrong and you know how to actually empty out the the stress if it does start accumulating so we try to make sure that people go away with a, a toolkit that they can use for a long time well mike this has been super fascinating i'm motivated to uh dive into your uh the new sessions that you've uh made available for people and I feel like I have I have so many more questions, but uh, but I think we're going to have to kind of go to our uh, our lightning round here and uh, and kind of no close out our interview. But uh, but there's been so much in terms of just like the subconscious, the conscious, um, those those four different kind of steps that you take people through. And I and I, I'm going to encourage people before we end the show here to to check out uh, some examples of what you're doing. But I think this is super fascinating. Uh, are you ready for our lightning round? I am. All right. What is the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I ever received was when Peter Gabriel told me, don't give up. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Taking the time for calm reflection and learning how to become calm in stormy times. Can you share an internet resource or tool or app that you use that you think our listeners would find valuable? Well, my favorite is Rev. Because um, I actually have done, actually done quite a lot of um, interviews for what I call liminal leaders, people who are trying to change their organisations. And uh, I would do an interview similar to what we're doing now, but I get Rev to transcribe it and then turn it into a blog post. So Rev is just great for doing transcription. And what book would you recommend, and why? 
This was really a difficult one because there are so many. <laughs> but the one I settled on in the end was The Body Keeps the Score by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. And the reason for that is because it is the most insightful single book currently available on the subject of trauma and how common it is for people to be affected by unresolved subconscious material for decades, if not their whole lives. Awesome. Well, we will link out to uh, The Body Keeps the Score, uh, as well as Rev, big fan of that tool myself, and uh, other insights, takeaways at our show notes page, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Find Mike Parker's episode there on our list. If you listen to this week of, it'll be right there at the top. Uh, Mike, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Uh, yeah, sure. Just uh, go check the website at www.liminalcoaching.co.uk. And then we'll, we'll, we'll be putting a, we're actually in the process of revamping the website, but we'll be putting up the, the um, free Drifter piece recording on there in the next day. Awesome. So by the time this goes live, that the drift piece will be out there, uh, and that's a four-part series. And then you have another uh, a pivot, the pivot program, or that's, uh, okay. that's is that also available? Yeah, that's a separate package, and that should be available. And I suspect it mm, depends on when you're going live, but it should be on the site pretty soon. Awesome. We will make otherwise, sure. Otherwise, people can just email me. Um, the the email address is on the website. It's pretty easy to get hold of me, to be honest. Very cool. We'll link out to your uh, your social profiles, the website, and also your email as well on our show notes page. So if you have, uh, if you're on your treadmill or doing yoga on, <laughs> under quarantine uh, at home, and you're, you're you're wanting to get all the goodies from Mike, uh, just check out our show notes page. We'll make sure you have all those in one place. Yougurus.com uh, forward slash podcast. Mike, thank you so much for stopping by the program today. Brent, thanks a lot for having me. It's been a real pleasure. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out today, I want to check on your answer to my questions from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead gen problem. Maybe it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or mobile app, but they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, I want to invite you to apply for a free agency freedom session where you can dig into those underlying issues in your business and get moving like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answer to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your agency freedom session today. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show.